Well, praise the Lord. Let's see here. What do we got for you tonight? We have, uh, on the midweeks, at least uh, when I'm speaking, I've been talking about stress-free living. Praise God. Amen. Look at your neighbor and say, you can use a little bit less stress. Come on now. Hallelujah. Nobody needs stress in their life, don't you? I think that's a, an accurate statement. Amen. Nobody needs that stress. Amen. So let's do our key verse, 2 Timothy, please. 2 Timothy in chapter 3. And uh, just the key verse, of course, uh, we took some time, you know, early on in this whole series and kind of dealt with this whole chapter here. But, uh, but here's a key verse. But know this. Everybody say, know this. Know this. Hallelujah. Now, if you said to know something, you need to know it. Right. right? Know that in the last days, which, of course, we are in those days, perilous times will come. In fact, one translation says, as the days progress, perilous times will come or times of stress will come. All right? The word perilous, again, uh, means difficult, fierce, or ferocious. It means times of stress or stressful times. It also means the reducing of strength or reducing the strength of. Okay, so uh, anytime stress comes on the scene, that's the problem with stress. The stress has a tendency to reduce your strength. Come on, right? It just does. It just all of a sudden, man, you feel more wore out. You feel more overcome. Come on now. And that's really the idea of it. And the enemy's hoping that you come under stress. Hello, somebody. And, of course, uh, this text here deals with, uh, you know, one of the reasons for stress or what he, what he brings out, at least in this text, is that it's about whether we're self-serving or self-striving, okay? In one way or another, it's going to produce stress. In other words, it's all about you or it's all about your strength. Anytime you try to do everything in your power and in your strength, guess what? You're opening the door for stress. Uh, a statement was made years ago of something that I uh, heard early on. It was a minister uh, had a sit down with him and talking, and and uh, uh, they said to to Trudy and myself that uh, you know anytime you anything you begin in the flesh, you have to maintain by the flesh. And I heard, learned that early on. So you know when it comes time to ministry or things uh, you know in your family or your life, anything that you anything that you begin by the flesh you got to maintain by the flesh. And so, you know, so that's why it pays to hear God. Am I right? Amen, it pays to hear God. Now, um, just real quick, uh, to be self-serving doesn't necessarily mean that you're, you're wicked or mean or, uh, you know, evil in the sense of you're over-the-top selfish. Come on, somebody. But self-serving can just be the fact that you're, you're self-concerned about things. Come on. Self-interested or, or self-consumed. Come on, depending on what we're dealing with. Because a lot of times we, we get into certain things and we, we think, uh, you know, we're all stressing out about things like family, for instance. I mean, we'll just get right on it. How about that? Start stressing about family things. Well, how I many know God's, God's into family? Right? I mean, God's about restoring families, you know. Now, the scripture does say that, you know, sometimes a sword comes and it divides families. And it can. Come on. Well, you know, if they don't want to serve God, you know, that, that kind of thing can happen. Hello. Come on now. Don't shut me off this early. So anyway, the point is, I'm not, you know, trying to mess with your family here. I'm just trying to say that sometimes there are things that we think, well, come on, it's my family. And you're just, you're, what it is, you're just, you're just self-interest, 
Come on, this is your family, right? This is your spouse, this is your kids, this is your parents, this is, come on, right? And so what happens is you can get so caught up in that, not even realizing that you're moving along and you're carrying out things and really you haven't heard God about something and you're just kind of doing what you normally would do. Come on now. And next thing you know, we're stressing out. Are you still with me? Now, it's just because sometimes when you start talking about self-serving, we start, instantly start thinking that must be something, you know, we're being wicked about something, you know. And it doesn't necessarily mean that. Sometimes it just means you're just, you're just, you're too caught up in the things about everyday life, everyday things in your life. Come on now. Did you shut me off? You still with me? Because we got a lot of, a lot of message to go yet. Okay. Now, last week, um, kind of started, I kind of shifted gears with this a little bit and started talking about this, you know, hearing God and and, you know, the, uh, you know, steps being ordered by God and following those steps, uh, you know, that God lays out. Amen. And we found out through the life of Abraham, in fact, we spent a lot of time in Genesis last week, talking about, you know, the things and areas where God, you know, the Word even says to follow after the steps of Abraham. So there were steps that were ordered by God for Abraham, and everything that, that Abraham did as far as when he followed God, it worketh. And the little areas that he kind of skipped over and just kind of maybe justifiably tried to, you know, excuse. Come on, somebody, there's a reason for this. Come on now, there always was a reason. I said there's always a reason. But, you know, he forgot this little part. And that little part created stress in his life. So the point being made, you know, in this, ser- in this part of the series is talking about that there might be, you know, areas of our life that are being stressful right now that maybe it's because maybe we weren't really hearing God about something or maybe, we're, maybe we really didn't follow God in the steps that he gave. You with me? Yeah. Amen. So we're going to talk some more about that. We're going to talk more about the life of Paul today, uh, but I'm going to, let's, uh, Let's uh, jump over here to John 10 first. Let's look at John 10. I'm just going to lay out some things here. Uh, Probably the next couple times that I speak, we're going to kind of be coming at these same same things here. Now, next week we won't be here. Um, Next week we're, well, we'll all be here, but it's it's a work night we're doing. So it won't be uh, the message, but there'll be a work night for trying to, again, moving toward things with our VBS. Praise God. Somebody say hallelujah. Actually, we're finding out it pays great dividends to come together as a family and all work together on some things. Praise the Lord. Anyway, let's get back to the scriptures. John 10. Okay, here we go. This is Jesus talking. He says, to him, uh, the doorkeeper opens and the sheep hear his voice. Now, of course, he's talking about his sheep, right? He, and he calls, here we go, his own sheep. How many, how many blue ribbon sheep we got in the house today? Come on, somebody. All right, all seven of you. Praise the Lord. Let's try that again. Any blue ribbon sheep in the house today? Amen. Praise the Lord. Amen. Hallelujah. We need to be good, good little, you know, good little sheepies. Amen. Come on now. So he calls his own sheep. Here we go. By name. So it makes it personal. Come on now. And he what? Leads. He leads. That's what he leads. He leads. Now here, you know, the leading is based on the fact uh, how it happens is it's going to be contingent on hearing. Come on now. And following. Right. Okay, so verse 4, here we go, praise God. So he's trying to lead, and when he brings out his own sheep, he goes before them, and the sheep follow him, for they, here we go, they what? 
they know his voice or they discern his voice. Verse 5, yet they will by no means follow a stranger. And that just means another. All right, it's really all it means. He's, they're not going to follow another. They're not going to follow, because there's a lot of other voices out there. And we, of course, we know in context, he's dealing with the enemy. Come on now. And, uh, of course, he's out there trying to woo all the time. But there's all kinds of voices out there. But because we know his voice, amen, and because, amen, when he speaks, praise God, we hear his voice, we follow his voice, amen, and the voice of a stranger, right? We will not follow, praise God, right? Hallelujah. They, they will by no means follow a stranger, but will flee from him, for they do not know the voice of strangers, praise God, amen. So uh, anyway, so in context, put verse 10 in there, a common text that we know, but just sometimes you got to kind of put these together because it's still in the same, same statement being made here. The thief or the enemy or the other, the, come on, the voice of a stranger, come on, here we go. The enemy, the thief, does not come except to steal, to kill, and destroy. How many know you have one enemy? That's what he does, amen. But we have one good God, come on now. Jesus said, I've come that they may have life, and then they may have have it, in other words, that life more abundantly. Amen. I like abundant living. Amen. What side of the comma you want to live on? Just life or abundant life? I, I like abundant life myself. Come on, somebody. Amen. Now, the point being made is this. Uh, you have to understand that abundant life is contingent on some things. And in context, he's talking about hearing his voice and following his voice. You know, if we're not going to hear his voice, we're not going to take time to hear his voice, we're not going to take time to follow his voice, well, then guess what? You know, uh, life may not be all that wonderful. Am I right? Well, let's try another one here. Give me another text up there. Put, let's see if we'll throw a few of them up there. Hebrews 7, or 3, 7, pardon me. Uh, Therefore, as the Holy Scripture says, today, everybody say today. today. Today, if you will hear his voice. Now, he repeats this multiple times throughout chapter 3 and chapter 4, all right? Uh, and so he's talking about the children of Israel, and he kind of laid it out there that God constantly was letting it be known. Amen. Listen, today. He's, he, and so here it is, a new covenant. Uh, you know, it was a, a reference out of the old covenant, but of course it's a new covenant verse out of Hebrews. And how many know uh, in, text, or in context he's trying to show you that God is still talking to his people? Yeah. Everybody say today. today. That means daily. God is trying to communicate with us on a daily basis, praise God. Amen. Today, if you will hear his voice. Now, I put uh, uh, chapter 12 and verse 25, just threw it up there because I think this is pretty key. And this, this might come up here, you know, in the next uh, week or so here again. But uh, it says this, see that you do not refuse him who speaks. For if they, talking about the children of Israel, did not escape who refused him who spoke on earth, how much more shall we not escape if we turn away from him who speaks from heaven? In other words, you know, they, they ended up, instead of going over into a promised land, remember a promised land, it was promised to them, come on, but they couldn't cross over, that generation couldn't cross over into a promised land based on this kind of thing, because every time he spoke, they, they boo-hooed, they whined, they complained, they ignored, come on somebody. And so what happened is, now they're, now listen, they're wandering in a wilderness for 40 years, that was never the intention of God. It never was. The scripture makes it clear from Mount Horeb, the Mount of God, where, they came, where he called them unto worship. From that point, after they got, he literally said, come unto me to worship. After that time, the word says it was an 11-day journey. 11 days that took 40 years. 
an 11-day journey to get to the place where they could look over into that promised land. Are you still with me? The point being, what was, con what was the con contingency here about hearing? Hearing and following. Okay, one more. Let's do Deuteronomy 28. We use this, so I think, on Sunday a little briefly uh, during the offering time, I believe. Uh, it says, now it shall come to pass if you diligently obey the voice of the Lord your God and observe carefully all his commandments. And that just means utterances, okay? Remember, he's talking daily. It isn't just talking like the Ten Commandments here. He's dealing. God is always talking to you about things. When God says, do not worry, how many know that's not a suggestion? That is a command. That's an utterance of God. When he says, don't worry, don't worry. Come on, somebody, right? All right, I'll leave that alone. Anyway, so uh, diligently obey, obey the voice of the Lord your God and observe carefully all His commands, which I command you today, everybody say today, today, that the Lord your God will set you high above all nations of the earth. Verse 2, Woo! and all these blessings shall come upon you and overtake you. Why? Well, because you obey the voice of the Lord your God. And then, of course, from verse 3 on, He lists all the blessings up until verse 14. So you got about, you know, about 11 verses, 12 verses verses, I guess it is, uh, all just listing the blessings. And from verse 15, put verse 15 to the rest of the chapter, it deals with the curses. All right? And it says this, but it shall come to pass if you do not obey. So it's just contingent on obeying the voice. Obey the voice of the Lord your God and observe carefully all his commands or utterances and his statutes, which I command you today. Everybody say today. today. That all these curses will come upon you and overtake you. Nobody wants that verse. We all hate that verse. Nobody likes that verse. Nobody's going to hang that verse on their refrigerator. Nobody's going to hang that verse on their mirror or on your dash or wherever you hang your verses. We all like verse 2. Come on, somebody. Well, these blessings shall come up, all right? But remember now, the whole point of this, we're moving into this thing. This is what it's all about, is hearing God, following God. And God never, there's never really some big complicated things, the little things. You know, when God says, be kind, that's not complicated. Well, if you knew the people I'm with, you no, 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 no. Listen, we all have an excuse. We all have an excuse to try to justify ourselves. But when the Spirit of God's talking to you about something, it's never usually just some big major thing, you know, move thee to Timbuktu. <laughs> no, it's usually, please be kind. Right? Help that person out or something. You know, put a smile on the face. <laughs> right? Come on, right? I mean, it's just simple things usually. Okay? And so God's commu communicating with us. And so uh, when you just ignore it, what happens is you open the door to the enemy. Well, I'd rather have the door open to God to move in my life. Come on, somebody. So we've given you, you know, three different references here. So with all that said, we're going to the book of Acts, chapter 9, please. And we'll spend probably the rest of our time, or at least the majority of our time, in the book of Acts here. And what we're going to do is we're going to talk about some more about, you know, this thing about being led by God. What I felt in my life, or felt in my heart here uh, concerning this, is to talk about the life of Paul uh, tonight. And, uh, but do it in a way, I wanted to just show you, because I've, 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 a lot of times I've made reference to it, um, but it's been a long time since I've actually just taken the time and just kind of went through it. Uh, but all the different things and different ways that God communicated with Saul or Paul. Later it was changed to Paul, right? Come on now. Now, we're not by any means tonight saying these are the only ways God will communicate, but we're saying this is a pretty good, pretty good uh, culmination of, of uh, ways that God communicates with his people. Come on, somebody. 
and they're different ways, amen. So the point being is this, I guarantee you, if God's trying to talk to you, he can talk to you if you listen. All right? It isn't, God, if he's trying to communicate with you, if you'll just, if you will just listen, I guarantee you, amen, there's somewhere along the line you're going to be able to hear it, all right? So anyway, so let's just look at these different ways that God communicated with Paul and take, take note of this, all right? So then Saul, still breathing threats and murders against the disciples of the Lord, remember this, before he got saved, went uh, to the high priest, verse 2, let's read kind of quick through this, and, and asked letters uh, from him uh, to the synagogues of Damascus uh, so that if he found any who were of the way, talking about the way of Jesus, right, whether men or women, uh, he might bring them bound to Jerusalem. He's out to kill Christians. And as he journeyed and came near Damascus, and suddenly a light shone. Everybody say, a light shone. A light shone around him from heaven. Verse 4, then he fell to the ground and heard, here we go, a voice. A voice saying to him, Saul, Saul, why are you persecuting me? Let's go on here. And he said, obviously, uh, he heard it loud enough, right? He starts communicating back. Who are you, Lord? Right, as if he didn't know who it was, right? Come on, right? <laughs> who are you, Lord? Uh -huh, yeah. Then the Lord said, I am Jesus, whom you are persecuting. It is hard for you uh, to kick against the goads and stop warring against what I'm trying to do in your life. So he, trembling and astonished, said, Lord, what do you want me to do? Then the Lord said to him, Arise, go into the city, and you will be told what you must do. And the men, look at this, and the men who journeyed with him stood speechless. Here we go. Hearing a voice, but seeing no one. Okay, so the first way that God could communicate with you, it could literally be an audible voice. Now, it probably doesn't happen real often. Come on, somebody. There have been times I've heard God talk, and I assumed everybody around me heard it because it seemed pretty loud to me. Come on, somebody. It wasn't audible, but it was something on the inside, but it was so loud to me. I mean, I, I would have thought everybody around would have heard it, but it was you know, something inward. So I've never personally that I know of heard an audible voice. Amen. There have been a couple times when, uh, you know, maybe in my prayer time, uh, where I'm going along, and all of a sudden I, I feel like I heard my name called out, and I, and I thought, well, maybe it was Trudy or one of the kids or something. Nobody's up. I'm the only one up at the time. Come on, somebody. So then there, sometimes I'm, you know, it's like one of those moments that's when he says it at the end, you go, yes, sir. <laughs> right? Come on. So there have been a few moments, but again, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm not going to go around telling everybody that, I, you know, God talks to me inaudibly because it, you know, if it's happened, it's been very rare. Come on, somebody. The point is, God can talk to people audibly. Are you still with me? Now, it may be, uh, you know, uh, one of the times that probably, you know, you probably don't see it happen as much as, as some of these other ones we might look at, uh, but this does happen, okay? Uh, real quick, let's uh, uh, put, uh, put John 12 real quick. We'll just show some references here. Uh, verse 28 says, Father, glorify your name. Then a voice came from heaven. This is Jesus talking. And then a voice came from heaven saying, I have both glorified it and will glorify it again. So, you know, so obviously it was loud here. But therefore the people who stood by and, and heard it said, uh, or pardon me, that, and heard it said that it had thundered. Okay, so now they didn't necessarily hear anything clear. They just, but they heard something pretty loud to them. Uh, and I think there's some spiritual significance to this, but we'll leave it alone for tonight. But so it had thundered. Others said, well, an angel spoke to him. Okay, 
Verse 30, Jesus answered, said, This voice did not come because of me, but for your sakes. Amen. So we know that, uh, you know, he was talking about God's voice. Come on, somebody. Come on. He knew who it was. Amen. Everybody else might have thought it was something else, but he knew it was God. Uh, Matthew 3 and 17. We'll just kind of cruise through this a little bit. And suddenly a voice came from heaven saying, This is my beloved Son in whom I am well pleased. That was audible. Come on now. Uh, One more maybe. Let's see if we got one more. How about chapter 17 of Matthew, verse 5. It says, While he was still speaking, behold, a bright cloud overshadowed them, and suddenly a voice came out of the cloud saying, This is my beloved Son in whom I am well pleased. Hear him. So we got just a few references there, amen, uh, where uh, he talked audibly, of course, a couple to Jesus, one to Paul, and I think we see some more uh, of that happening, but it doesn't happen real often, does it? But it does happen, okay? Now, you know, so it'd be nice, you know, some people, when you talk about hearing God's voice, they're waiting for uh, an audible voice. I'm telling you, most of the time, it probably ain't going to how it's going to come. Still with me? But it does happen. Still with me? Okay, back to the book of Acts. Amen. Let's, let's look at a couple more here or some more here. Uh, Acts 13, okay? Acts 13. <clears throat> Let me get to mine too here. Acts 13. Now, what I'm going to do is just kind of go kind of straight through. For the most part, it'll be pretty much just straight through the book of Acts, all right? So Acts 13, verse 1 says this. Now, in the church, there was... Uh, now, in the church that was at Antioch, there were certain uh, prophets and teachers. Everybody say prophets and teachers. Barnabas, uh, Simeon, uh, who was called uh, Niger, uh, Lucius of, of Cyrene, uh, Manion, uh, I don't know if I'm pronouncing half these right, but anyway, who had uh, been brought up with Herod, uh, the Tetrarch, uh, and Saul. And they ministered to the Lord and fasted. Uh, the Holy Spirit uh, said, Now separate to me Barnabas and Saul for the work to which I have called them. Uh, then having fasted and prayed, they laid hands on them, and they sent him away. Now, what was, here was a, 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 a word, uh, it was, of course, by the Spirit of God, but it was a word to the leadership. Hello? So one of the ways that God will communicate to us, sometimes just through leaders, right? The fivefold ministry. Still with me? Um, you know, so through leadership, authorities, or ministry gifts, Uh, In fact, if you back up to chapter 9 one more time, let's see here. I got a reference in in verse, go back to like verse 6 again. Uh, And he said, trembling and astonished, uh, Lord, what do you want me to do? And he said to them, arise, go into the city, and and you will be told what you must do. And the men who journeyed with him stood speechless, hearing a voice, but not seeing uh, seeing no one. Then Saul arose, went uh, from the ground, and, and when his eyes were opened, he saw no one, but they led him by the hand and brought him to Damascus, right? And uh, it says, and he was three days without sight, and neither ate nor drank. Uh, I don't, let's see, let's, let's move on down here, because who was going to come to him was Ananias, Ananias, pardon me. All right, so Ananias was sent. So uh, let's see, verse, uh, well, let's go ahead and read down a little bit, uh, verse 10, I guess, why not? And there was a certain disciple at Damascus named Ananias, and to him, and the Lord said in a vision, Ananias, and he said, here I am, Lord, and the Lord said to him, Arise, go to this, uh, uh, this place called, the street called Straight, and inquire at the house of Judas. You notice how the print's just getting miserable in these days? days? Anyway, <laughs> praise the Lord. And inquire at the house of Judas for one called Saul of Tarsus. 
and uh, behold, he is praying. And in a vision, uh, he has seen a man named Ananias coming. In other words, he's seen, you're not only seeing a vision, uh, but he's seeing a vision. Come on, somebody. I'm going to come back to this in a second. But uh, the point is, is that Ananias, God sent Ananias to go talk to him and give him a word. Come on now, minister to him. The point being is, sometimes God works through leaders, ministry gifts. Come on, somebody. Right? Amen. Amen. And especially sometimes, you know, especially in certain things when, you know, we're either young in the Lord or maybe just certain things where maybe, uh, you know, whatever, you know, maybe just certain things that we're, we're, we're hung up on some or struggling with some. Sometimes just a word from leadership just sometimes just puts it right back in where it belongs. Come on now, right? Uh, I know I've, I've had more of those, but let's, let's skip to Ephesians. Put Ephesians 4 and uh, common text here, but he himself gave some to be apostles, some prophets, some evangelists, some pastors and teachers, all right? Fivefold ministry a lot of times. We refer to it as uh, for the equipping. Why? For the equipping. For what? For the equipping of the saints, for the work of the ministry, for the edifying of the body of Christ. Amen. To equip people, right? Till we all come to the unity of the faith, to the knowledge of the Son of God, to a perfect or mature man, to the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ, verse 14, that we should no longer be children tossed to and fro and carried about with every wind of doctrine by the trickery of men in the cunning craftiness of deceitful plotting, there's quite a bit being said here, but, uh, but speaking the truth in love may grow up. Everybody say grow up. Grow up, grow up in all things into him who is the head Christ, verse 16, in, uh, from whom the whole body joined and knit together by what every joint supplies according to the effective working by which every part does its share. It causes growth of the body for the edifying of itself in love. Now, a lot said in that verse or that, that portion of the scriptures, no doubt about it. But it started with the fact that he sent the fivefold ministry to help with this. Amen. That's, that's, that's why they're there. That's why we're here. Come on, somebody. Come on, right? To help, right? We don't have all the answers by any means, but we have some. Come on. And sometimes the Spirit of God works through us to say things to you, to move you along, keep you on a straight and narrow. Come on, somebody. So that you get equipped, so that you uh, grow, that you mature. Come on, somebody. That you then step into who you are and then get it being knit together and then start doing all the things you're called to do. Why? So the body begins to grow and develop and be edified. Why? Because it takes people uh, like leadership, uh, ministry gifts, and things like that sometimes to move us forward and keep us going. Can I hear a big amen? Amen. amen. A lot being said, and I'm talking like a mile a minute here. But anyway... The point is, God will talk to you sometimes. There's audibly, sometimes he'll speak through leadership, all right? So that's, you know, it happens, right? Has anybody ever been spoke to by leadership? Yes. And I don't mean just in a sermon. Sometimes maybe there are things been said, uh, you know, that was said and helped you along. Only one of you. Wow. I'm not doing my job then, huh? Come on, has anybody ever had something spoke to them that spoke and it came out of a mouth of a leader or, or somebody in the fivefold ministry or something? Praise God, amen. All right, that's the way it works. Sometimes it happens that way. Amen. All right, let's back to chapter uh, 13 of the book of Acts again. Let's look at this another way here. Verse 8 this time. We're kind of going a little bit further down here. Uh, but uh, Elimus, the sorcerer, uh, for so his name is translated, withstood them, seeking to turn uh, the proconsul away from the faith. Uh, then Saul, in other words, he was being a stinker. That's really bottom line. He's just being a nu nuisance trying to mess with, with Saul, trying to slow up the, what, what he's doing. Uh, then verse 9 says, Then Saul, who was also called Paul, right? Of course, we know he referred to as now as Paul, uh, filled with the Holy Spirit, looked intently at, at him, 
and said, O full of all deceit and all fraud, you son of the devil, (laughs) you enemy of all righteousness, uh, will you not cease perverting the straight ways of the Lord? All right, going on. Now, indeed, the hand of the Lord is upon you, and you shall be blind, not seeing the sun for a time. And immediately a dark mist fell over him, and he uh, went around seeking someone to lead him by the hand. Then the proconsul believed, and of course they would, hallelujah, when he saw that there, what had been done, but being astonished at the teaching of the Lord. All right, now the point being is that he was led by the Spirit of God, so you can't go around just praying blindness on everybody. Well, you know, I mean, say, woohoo, that'd be awesome. Blindness on you. No, come on now, that's not, uh, come on. Now, he wasn't, he wasn't, uh, he was being led by the Spirit of God. Come on, somebody. In fact, in context here, he said this. Uh, it says, uh, filled with the Holy Spirit, and he looked intently at him. All right, now, uh, some of your uh, translations, uh, actually, if you look it up, it means, uh, means literally uh, seeing by the Spirit. He was seeing things by the Spirit. All right, everybody say, seeing by the Spirit. In fact, if you go to the next chapter, we'll kind of see another one like this. All right, uh, let's go to verse 8 of chapter 14. And it says this, and in Lystra, a certain man without strength in his feet was, was uh, sitting, a crippled, uh, crippled from his mother's womb who had never walked. This man heard Paul speaking, Saul observing him intently and seeing, everybody say seeing, so it literally means seeing by the Spirit that he had faith to be healed. Amen. He had faith to be healed. All right. And so uh, let's go on. So, it said, so he said with a loud voice, stand up straight on your feet. And he leaped and he walked, and when, he saw, when the people saw what Paul had done, uh, they had all raised their voices, amen, and they obviously got all pumped up, amen, praise God. Now, the point being is this, uh, seeing by the Spirit, all right? Now, we can, you know, we put all kinds of different ways, and we're going to kind of talk about some different ways that the Spirit of God can communicate, well, you know, how God communicates through the Spirit of God, but one of those is we're seeing something by the Spirit, okay? Now, when you, when you look that up, it means, uh, it means having a keen knowing or an awareness. So in other words, somehow the Spirit of God uh, can cause you to see something and have a keen awareness, come on, a keen knowing or an awareness of what's happening. We could even say another way, discernment is a big part of that. Right? Amen. So obviously he saw something by the Spirit. Now another way, another reference we could use on this, this is, uh, we could say John 5, and uh, I think it's like verse 19. Is that correct? Is that one of the next ones I gave you there? Uh, this is Jesus answered and said to them, Most surely I say to you, the Son can do nothing of himself, but what he sees the Father do, for whatever he does, the Son also does in like manner. Now, you know, we, we've talked about many times, and, you know, Jesus, the reason his ministry was successful is because he did, he did what he saw the Father do. Come on. And he said what he heard the Father say. And so when he heard it and when he seen it, that's what he did and that's what he said. Come on. And it worketh. It's the same for you and me. It worketh. So here, I believe when he's talking about, you know, he saw, he sees the Father do things, I think it's, a, I think it's kind of this by the Spirit he's seeing things. Now, you know, someday maybe, you know, the uh, you know, Spirit of God might, you know, show me something different. But uh, I'm just saying that obviously somehow he's seeing it. Everybody say he's seeing it. He's seeing something, all right? So he's moving along. He's going through town, and somehow he's seeing by the Spirit, amen, what the Father would have him do. And when he comes upon that, that's what he does. Come on, somebody. He knows when to go into town, when not to go into town. 
Come on, somebody. When to give heed to something, when not to give heed to something. Amen. Now, the point is, is that, you know, Paul, we're seeing Paul now in the book of Acts being communicated to in a similar fashion where he's seeing something by the Spirit. So maybe you're going along and all of a sudden you just, man, you just have this keen awareness. Amen. And the Spirit of God's trying to show you something. Come on, right? So, you know, we just, sometimes these kind of things, remember now, just not lose track of all the things that we're talking about. If the more that we're attentive to these things and aware of these things, the less stress in your life because the Spirit of God can lead you. I mean, think about how many times the Spirit of God maybe is just trying to communicate. How about this? How many times we're believing God for some miracle to bail us out of some stressful situation that probably God along the way was trying to communicate with you, trying to walk you through something, show you something, and if you would have heard and followed, you might have avoided that stressful thing. Come on, somebody. Now, we've all been there. Come on. There just ain't no uh, you know, open door for condemnation or nothing. It's just we've all been in those places where we've, we've missed God or we, you know, we kind of maybe had a witness, and then we just, ah, we just, you know, darn, we just kind of overlooked it or rejected it somehow. Come on. Excused it. Hello, somebody, and moved on. Well, anyway, another way that he ta- can communicate is seeing by the Spirit, all right? Uh, back to Acts, this time chapter 16, all right? Kind of a, a similar thing, but I think then, uh, to me, it's, it's, it has a little different twist to it, so I, I'm just going to use it as another way of uh, the Spirit of God doing something here. Okay, uh, chapter 16, verse 6 and 7, all right? It says, when they had gone through, uh, 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 fire, 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 how do you pronounce it? Okay. And the region of Galatia, okay, uh, they, here we go, they were, here we go, forbidden by the Holy Spirit. Come on now, forbidden by the Holy Spirit to preach the word in Asia. That's, <laughs> what? They were forbidden by the Holy Spirit to preach the word in Asia. Okay, after they had come to, to Mysia, they tried to go into Bethania. Okay, there we go. But the Spirit, again, did not permit them. Now you think, no, go ye, y'all got to go everywhere, you got to go into all the world. No, the Spirit of God, if the Spirit of God ain't telling you to go there, don't you go there. Because it may not be good. It might be nothing but stress. Nothing but misery. Come on, somebody. Okay, so uh, if the Spirit of God, you know, uh, remember, he's being, he's being forbidden by the Spirit, not permitted to go by the Spirit, and so I just put, you know, Holy Spirit leadings, okay? Now, I'm using this uh, in this sense because Romans 8, put Romans 8 and 14. Let's do, uh, yeah, that'll work. And, as, uh, and for as many as are led, everybody say led, led, led by the Spirit of God, these are the sons of God. Now, jump down to like 16. Let's put that one up. There we go. The Spirit himself, here we go. Here, this is a good one. The Spirit himself, here we go, bears witness with our spirit. Okay, bears witness with our spirit uh, that we are children of God. This in context, that's what he's talking about in this context. But I believe that's what's happening in, the, in chapter 16 of the book of Acts there is the spirit of God's bearing witness, giving him witness. All right. All right. So uh, the word witness here, this is why I use it this way. It means to testify jointly or to confirm something. So somehow or another, he, he bore witness to him. Don't go this direction. So basically what Paul did is he shifted the boat, let's go this way. And then again, he bore witness, amen, not to go this direction. Come on, somebody. All right, come on. Now, God had a direction for him. We're going to see that here in a minute. But he's leading him. 
I have a place for you to go, and if you go that way, it may not be good, and you may not get the job done I want you to get done. Okay, it's not that the Spirit of God's against the Word being taught, right? You know, to me, you know, go back to uh, Acts uh, 16 again, because I, I, I just, I don't know, I just, sometimes with stuff like this, I think how much God is in love with His people, all right? Now, Paul is as gung-ho a man as any man could ever be with the gospel. Wrote two-thirds of the New Testament. This guy was a go-getter all the way. He was bold as a lion. Come on, somebody. And, uh, you know, an amazing man. And uh, so, uh, you know, he, he, he's going to preach the gospel. And the Spirit of God says, don't go that way. Shifts it in. Don't go that way. Amen. Now, we're going to see here in a minute, he does point him in a direction. Amen. But here we see whether the Spirit of God bearing witness with him. The Spirit of God giving him a leading or bearing witness with him. Amen. Let me uh, give you, uh, let's see, maybe uh, uh, John 15. Throw that one up real quick just for a reference here. But when the Spirit comes, whom I shall send to you uh, from the Father, the Spirit of truth who proceeds from the Father, he will, here we go, testify of me. Okay. Verse 27. And you all, and you also will bear witness, amen, because you have been with me from the beginning, amen. So the Spirit of God, this thing of bearing witness, confirming things, amen. So, so uh, you know, when you start getting all this, you know, the Spirit of God showing you things, seeing things, bearing witness, you know, we could all say, you know, lump it all together and say the Spirit of God's, you know, God's working through the Spirit to do it, absolutely, amen. But we're seeing here kind of a different, different aspects of it, maybe different perspective of it, amen. And I believe, you know, the idea of this tonight is just to show you that the Spirit of God can do a lot of different things, come on, to lead you, guide you, and direct you, amen? Now, He's never going to do something that's unscriptural. He's never going to do something that's anti the Word. Come on now. But the Spirit of God is always trying to lead us, direct us, and guide us, praise God. And it's the Father Himself that's doing it through the Spirit. Come on, right? Amen. So one of those things is bearing witness in our lives, amen? And uh, I, I just, I don't know, I just think, uh, you know, when you start thinking about all this, how God, uh, you know, how many different ways that God communicated with Paul himself. It's phenomenal. Back to chapter 16 again. This time go to verse 8. Okay. <clears throat> so now he's, he's directing him another, you know, he, has, he said, not, don't go that way, don't go this way. Uh, so passing uh, Media, they came to Troas and a, and a vision. Everybody say a vision appeared to, uh, to Paul in the night. So we have a night vision going on here. And that's it's the reason we're going to say a night vision, because you're going to see something else here in a minute. So a night vision, okay, a man of Macedonia stood and pleaded with him, saying, come over to Macedonia and help us. Now, after he had seen the vision, immediately we sought to go to Macedonia, concluding why? That the Lord had called us to preach the gospel to them. Amen. So everybody say a night vision. Okay, now night vision is, is defined as uh, uh, an inspired appearance, but it refers to mostly when you're talking about a night, like by dream. Come on. Now, I'm just going to say this. Not all dreams are visions. Some dreams are just pizza dreams. Come on. But he knew, amen, because of, bottom line, he's seeking God. He's, he's, he's wanting to do the God thing. God says, don't go that way. And he's, he's probably taken back just like you would have been. Really? And then he said, okay, so let's go this way. We'll head over to this, this, this group over here. No, don't go that way. Well, God, what, what? So that night, you know, they bed down, and that night, Spirit of God shows him. Amen. I want you to go this way. Okay. 
Hey, no problem. Come on. So another way God communicated uh, by a dream, amen, through a, a vision at night. Come on, somebody. Still with me? So, amen, sometimes it happens. Have you ever had God talk to you uh, through a vision or a dream? I've, I've had that happen. Amen. Praise God. And I've also had pizza dreams. And early on, I thought, you know, man, them dream, man, that was of God. And the, I could just see the Spirit of God go, oh, God, no. That's all them nachos, dude. Right? Come on now. Sometimes it ain't God, right? Come on now. That's the truth, right? Come on. Uh, if you go to chapter 18, you kind of see another, another uh, idea of this or another picture of this. Uh, verse 9. Are you still doing okay? Or am I boring you tonight? Now, we're talking about just different ways that the Spirit of God can lead you because, you know, the more you, you know, you understand how the Spirit of God can move and work, amen, you're more apt to give heed when He's leading you, right? Because the idea is if you're not going to follow or if you don't hear or don't take the time to hear, you could be heading in directions or doing things that do nothing but create stress in your life. But the more we hear God and the more we follow God, like we found out last week through the life of of Abraham, the things that he followed God in became a, a wonderful thing. The things he didn't became a stressful thing. All right? So anyway, uh, chapter 18, verse 9 says, Now the Lord spoke to Paul in the night by a vision again. Amen. Do not be afraid, but, uh, but, uh, but speak and do not uh, keep silent. Okay, this is, uh, let's see, well, how many verses did I give you on that one? I think there's a couple more, right? Uh, is that right? Yep, for I am with you, and no one will attack you to hurt you, for I have uh, many people in this city, verse 11, and he continued there for a year and six months. Amen. Praise God, teaching the word of God among them. All right, so there, that all came just out of a vision, night vision. Come on, right? And he was there for a year, so a year and a half. Amen. And he was told by the Spirit of God that no, one, no one's going to, you know, your life ain't in danger here, so spend your time. Come on now. I, you know, a lot of times... A lot of times, uh, you know, I've heard people that have gone places and done things, and then they come back with their, you know, tail between their legs, wondering why, well, God, welcome God. And, and then you want to say, well, why did you go there? Well, you know, we're supposed to go. No, 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 stop, stop, stop. I, I know what the scripture says about going ye, but why did you go there? Well, I just, you know, heard somebody preaching, and they said something about this place, and I just thought, hey, you know, I'll, I'll go there. Well, how'd that work out for you? Now, listen, we're not, that's not about picking on anybody or nothing, but sometimes, see, maybe they weren't led by the Spirit to go there. Maybe it was just, you know, it just seemed like the right thing to do, and and, you know, we, you got to give them a pat on the back for their willingness to go ye. But it, it worketh ye better by being led ye. Come on, somebody. Can I hear a big amen? amen? There's a lot to be said about this. I mean, I can't even tell you how many times people say, well, you know, this church over here is doing this. Man, everybody, we got to be doing this. Whoa, whoa, stop, stop, brakes, hold it. I mean, that's working for them. That's wonderful. It's an awesome thing what's going on. But did God tell us to do this? Well, who cares? No, no, we do. Because otherwise, you know, we're going to be all stressing out and all mad at each other and hating each other by the end of the month.
Anyway, it just worketh when you're being ledeth. All right, praise God. Okay, so a night vision. How about a day vision? Chapter 22. Let's go. The, look how fast we're going through the book of Acts. Isn't that amazing? Acts 22. Let's go to verse, uh, I think I got like verse 17 or something like that. So now it happened when I, I turned to Jerusalem and was praying in the temple that I was in a trance. Now you think, man, that just sounds weird. But it just means a day vision. Come on. Come on. It means a trance or a day vision. It means, a, it means literally a displacement of the mind or to be beside oneself. So somehow they step out, kind of like there's that moment. So, okay, it, it just, you think, well, wow, that's really weird. But it happened, okay, and saw him saying to him, make haste, get out of Jerusalem quickly, for they will not uh, receive your testimony concerning me. So I said, Lord, you obviously knew who it was, they know that in every synagogue in prison and beat those who believe on, on you. And when the blood of your martyr Stephen was shed, I also was standing by consenting to his death and guarding the clothes of those who were killing him. And then he said to me, depart, for I will send you far from here to the Gentiles. In other words, I don't want you here. Well, you think, well, no, man, I'll give my, lay my life down. What if it ain't time yet? What if the Spirit of God says, I don't want you to lose your life yet. I got too much for you to do. Right. I mean, that sounds like so spiritual. I'm going to lay my life down. I'm willing to die today. The Spirit of God says, please don't. I got things for you to do. Come on, right? Amen. I mean, we, again, a pat on the back for the willingness to lay your life down. That's amen. Amen. We should have that kind of a amen. But if the Spirit of God says, not here, please, then we should be willing to listen to the Spirit of God and let Him lead us because there's still things to do. Come on, somebody. And obviously there was. That's what he was talking to him about. I don't want you dying here. I want you moving on. So this was a day vision. Come on, somebody. So obviously it's different than a night vision. Are you still with me? Yeah. If you Back to chapter 9 again. We have read that a couple times, but let's look at it again because that's what happened here with Ananias, right? Come on. Um, so now in a certain verse, uh, where are we at? Uh, verse 10, I think it is. I've kind of lost my notes here, it looks like. Okay, so I think verse 10. Is that right? Uh, it says, now uh, there was a certain disciple at Damascus named Ananias, and to him the Lord said in a vision, so he's, he's, this ain't night, this is daytime thing. And he said, here I, here I am, Lord. And so he said to him, arise, go to the street called Straight, and inquire of the house of Judas. Amen. And, and obviously told him where to go. All right, and it says in verse uh, 12, and in a vision he has seen a man named Ananias, okay, coming in and putting his hands on and talking about what, what Saul saw. All right. Now, the point being is that, you know, these were, these were, it wasn't at night. These were things that happened. They were just going along, and they saw vision. Come on. So, amen. So the Spirit of God could, could give you a vision during the day. Yeah. Uh, right? Yeah. I mean, you know, uh, you know, is this referred to as seeing by the Spirit? I don't know. I guess we could, you could probably lump them together, I guess. But, but all I know is that, you know, I think if you saw a vision, you'd know it. I mean, there'd be no mistaking. And this thing was talking about stepping out of, literally, to like you're, you're separating, like you step out of, you know, who you are and you see something going on. Uh, yeah, there's no mistake. This isn't just, you know, right? So the point being is another way that the Spirit of God obviously communicated, amen, and I believe still does. Yeah. You know, when you hear the word trance, we all get weird. 
We think it's demonic, that's demonic. Well, I'm, obviously the enemy can pervert things. There's no doubt about it. And there's probably a lot of that that goes on. Come on, somebody. But obviously the Spirit of God could, could use that as a, an avenue of communicating to you and me. Come on. Yeah, it isn't, yeah, it isn't something to seek. Am I implying that it is? I hope not. Okay. The, uh, you know, because, you know, there, are, there is perversion out there of this. But obviously, we have a couple references right here where he did do that. Did I lose you? I'm just saying they're just different things. So, you know, uh, you know in these cases here, you know, uh, we're talking about some serious stuff that's being said and being there's some serious leadings going on here. And, you know, even in the middle of the day, the Spirit of God can give you a vision to show you something. Amen. Okay, so anyway, there you go. So a couple, couple references there. Uh, let's do, uh, how about uh, chapter, back to chapter 23 now. Let's go to chapter 23 of the book of Acts. Almost done here. Chapter 23, uh, verse, verse 11. Uh, but the following night, the Lord stood by him and said, Be of good cheer, Paul. Let's see what we're talking about. For as you have testified for me in Jerusalem, so you must also bear witness at Rome. Everybody say, uh, stood by him. So we see actually a physical manifestation happening here. And we could, the way I look at it, I just put a visual manifestation. How's that? Okay, maybe we could all agree on that one. Uh, so in other words, he's seeing something with his physical eyes that's happening here. And, you know, back in uh, Acts 9, I we don't necessarily need to go there, but uh, when a bright light shines on Saul, uh, that's pretty, that's pretty uh, visual. Okay, so can God use some visual things to speak to us? Absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, can there be some visual things that it isn't God speaking to us? <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> you know, it's just another thing. You know, we start thinking, you know, an hour, we're looking at everything, thinking, you know, it's, and pretty soon you get weirded out and all that. Anyway, but uh, we don't want you all getting that way either, but... Uh, the point is, God can communicate through some visual things, amen, and obviously he did here, you know, an angel of the Lord standing by your bed, talking to you at night, uh, that could, you know, that could be counted as, hey, that's a visual thing. Come on, somebody. You know, bright light shining on you, praise God, that could be a visual thing, amen. Uh, another uh, uh, reference in Acts uh, 27 uh, of an angel standing by him, let's see here, Acts 27, this is when, um, remember, he's now... Basically, you know, prisoner on a boat, and they're going out to sea, and he knows by the Spirit of God, we shouldn't be doing this. And um, so, but in the middle of it, in the tempest, and everything, the ship's trying to break apart and everything, uh, verse 22 uh, says, Now I urge you, take, take heart, uh, for there will be no loss of life. This is Paul now talking to the, the men on the boat. Uh, but only of the ship. In other words, we're going to lose the ship and nothing else. Well, how'd you know that? Well, for there stood by me this night an angel of God to whom I belong and to whom I serve, saying, do not be afraid, Paul. You must uh, be brought uh, before Caesar. In other words, you've still got a job to do yet. And indeed, God will, uh, has granted you all those who sail with you. In other words, in other words, I'll go spare all their lives. All right? So he knew, and now again, an angel of the Lord stood by him. Come on. And obviously, it's a visual thing. Come on. 
and you're on a boat that's rocking and breaking apart, and the angel of the Lord's standing next to you and says, it's going to be all right, the boat's going to go down, but you'll all be okay. Well, that's pretty comforting. Not that the boat's going down, but it's comforting the fact that you're going to be okay. And that everybody, so he, he had enough confidence in, in that, what he saw, that he could stand before the rest of the men and say, here's the deal. You know, now earlier he was trying to warn them, listen, listen, we have no business going on this trip. But anyway, we'll, we'll look at that here in a second. All right, so uh, seeing with the physical eye, sometimes there are visual manifestations. It's God talking to us. Is that, come on, right? Yeah. Amen. I had a deal happen one time, and I know uh, all I, it, had to, it had to be an angel of the Lord. Um, I, it, there was no other explanation, okay? I'm, I'm at this time, I'm working at the mill. I'm doing a, my job at the mill, and I had a lot of things that were concerning me, some things that I was you know, praying about, and just some things I was just kind of seeking God about. And all of a sudden, this guy came over to my department and said, I was sent over here to help you. Okay, I, okay well, uh, what do you want me to do? Well, I, I'm doing this and doing this. And, and he kind of, you know, he's over in my station. And he says, well, I see you reading the Word over there. Yeah, I had my Bible out. And I'm just kind of doing, yeah, I'm kind of meditating on it. What, what are you meditating on? And I just started telling him. He says, well, yeah, that's pretty cool. You know, he started talking about this and talking about that. And next thing you know, I'm like, man, I like this guy. Man, where have you been? I like this guy. Somebody actually believes like I believe. I'm like, yeah. And we just got to talking, and he's over there on the drill press, man, doing parts. And I'm talking to him and doing this, and I'm putting parts together. We're just back, back and forth and talking this. And you know this other verse? Yeah, oh, yeah, we're just going back and forth, back and forth, back and forth. And then lunch came. And so, man, I'm going go, to go up to the gut truck, and I'm going to get me a burger, and, uh, you know, you're going to you know, stick around. Well, you know, maybe we'll see what happens. i got to go talk to my lead guy and see what's going on. Okay, 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 man. Well, it's good talking to you, you know. You bet. So, you know, I come back to lunch, and I'm thinking, he, ah, shoot, he didn't send him back. So I went looking for him. <laughs> I'm going to find this guy. I'm going to find out which department he's in, you know. So, I mean, I'm, I'm going all through the mill. I'm asking, you know, so-and-so's name. I haven't heard that name. This guy, was, you know, explaining the name. Does he work here? Okay, not your department. Well, the next one, go the next one, go the next one, go the next one. Nobody knows this guy. Nobody, and my lead man didn't even know there was another guy in my helping me. I'm like, okay. Okay, I'm getting it now. Okay. Yeah, well, at that particular time, it was a very, a, a very big thing. You know, it helped me in a, in a moment. Come on, that I needed. And so I believe that was a, a thing God did for me. Come on, somebody. That, there was no other explanation. Amen? And I ain't out, you know, seeking that stuff. I just, it just, that's what happened, you know. So I pray, that was kind of a cool deal. Amen. It was very visual. For me, anyway. I guess for nobody else in the department it wasn't, but for me it was. Okay, anyway. Yeah, yeah. I, 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 when I think back, I think, was I standing there talking, and they're all looking at me, thinking I'm talking to myself? Or something? You know, I just wondered. I just, you know, you think, like, because I'm, I'm sitting there carrying on conversation with the drill press. <laughs> you know, they're all like, oh, that guy, oh, he is nuts. <laughs> Jesus really went to his head, man. Anyway, whatever. Anyway, let's go to the last one here. Acts 27 now, back there. Let's go to verse 9 now, and this is a little earlier on here. But when, uh, when much time had been spent and sailing was now dangerous because uh, the fast was already over, Paul advised them, saying, listen, men, I perceive, everybody say, I perceive, I perceive that this voyage will end with disaster. 
which much loss, not only for the cargo on the ship, but maybe our own lives. That nevertheless, the centurion was more persuaded by the helmsman and the owner of the ship than by the things that Paul spoke to them. Amen. Because the harbor was not uh, suitable for, to winter in. In other words, because of the condition of the harbor, that they said, we've got to get our boat out of here anyway. And anyway, so it wasn't good, and that's what, they ended up in a bad storm. They lost the ship anyway, right? Come on. But it said here, he, he perceived here. Now, this word perceived here uh, refers to an inner witness, a discernment, or a peace. He perceived something. All right? So he perceived. Now, I believe, you know, we started off with the least, uh, least common way that God will communicate, and I believe this is the most common way God communicates. It's by an inner witness, okay, where you perceive something. Come on. There you have the peace, amen, about something or a discernment on the inside, amen, a witness, amen, on the inside. Come on. And uh, so I believe this is the most common way uh, that we can be led, and I believe it's the most, uh, the most talked about, all right? Colossians 3 and 15. Uh, let's do a few references here before we let you go here. Uh, let the peace of God rule in your heart. Literally means the rule literally means kind of like to be like an umpire. The Spirit of God's there to kind of like be an umpire in your heart. Everybody say your heart. Okay, to which you also will call in one body and be thankful. So the peace of God's there to rule, amen, to rule, be like, uh, let's see, if I, I don't know if I put any, to govern, it means to rule, to lead, to umpire, amen. So uh, the peace of God is there, amen, to Amen. I love that, that in your heart, okay, because the heart is the seat of control, all right? The good, the bad, and the ugly all going to come out of the heart. So if the Spirit of God could somehow influence the heart, come on, it could determine a direction in your life. Come on. So you're going along, and then you go, I'm going to go do this, and all of a sudden you get that going on the inside. Guess what? The Spirit of God is going, don't do it! That's, what that, that's what's going on there, all right? That's the peace of God trying to rule in your heart, all right? Let's do another reference, put Philippians 4, 7. We'll just kind of throw them out here. And the peace of God, which, that, what, what's it do? It surpasses all understanding because your own head's trying to say, hey, this, we, we got to be doing this. Yeah, 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 no, ning, 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 ning. But your own head says, yeah, we have to, we need to, we should. See, it seems right. Come on, but the, the, the umpire, the, the governor on the inside is trying to, trying to, the, trying to shift and, 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 and agitate the seat of control to say, don't do that, don't go there. Come on, right? Don't say that. That's a huge one. Almost always when it comes time to conversation, the Spirit of God ain't going to pull you out of your body and give you a day vision. He's going to just right here inside go, shut up! Right? That's the most common. You're going along and you just, you just know, I, you know what, I don't, I don't need to get in, involved in that conversation right there. Or, or I, I just, I need to right now, I need to go take care of this or go make this right or, or whatever. The, spirit, the peace of God is trying to work something in there. Amen. And it will guard your heart, I love this, and your mind through Christ Jesus. Amen. Hallelujah. It overrides that. Amen. But I love it. It will guard your heart and your mind. Amen. I love that. Isn't that good? Yeah. I think I might have had one more reference, maybe out of John. And uh, it kind of fits in here. It says, peace I leave with you, my peace I give to you. 
Not as the world gives do I give to you, but let, let not your heart, let not your heart be troubled, and neither let it be afraid. Why? Because you got the peace ruling on you. Amen. Don't let your heart be troubled, neither let it be afraid. Amen. So you got peace. Amen. You, you just know in your heart, this is what I need to do, or you know in your heart, this is what I shouldn't do. Come on. But it is probably the most common way that the Spirit of God communicates with us. Yes. You with me? Yes. Amen. So anyway, this here, I don't know, there's like, you know, eight or nine different things there that we brought out. And, and uh, you know, like I said, I guarantee you some of those, you could probably lump them together and, and say they all kind of, you know, all work hand in hand and everything. I get that. But I just kind of wanted to bring them out, just the different ways, uh, the creative ways that God could communicate with his people. Yeah. And that's just in the life of Paul. And we could go through Scripture and find a few more. Come on, right? But the point being, and this is why we're on this, uh, is that the fact that how many things in our life that bring stress in our life that we could have maybe avoided or we could steer around. You know, the Word says, uh, you know, like in Psalms 91, for instance, talks about He'll lead you, uh, uh, you know, or del deliver from the snare of the fowler. Why? Because the enemy's laying a trap. And we just going along everyday life, we just, you know, hey, we're doing what we always do. Eh? You know, it's what we always do. But you didn't take time to hear. You didn't take time to, you know, just to give God some place. You didn't acknowledge God. Now he can't lead your steps. So what you're doing is walking right directly into the snare of the fowler. Come on. It's a trap. It's the pit. You're going to fall into something. It's going to hang you up. It's going to snare you. Come on. It's going to pull you under, whatever. But the Spirit of God wants to be involved and lead you around it or to avoid it, come on, yeah. you know. Yeah. I mean, I just think sometimes, too, we give, you know, we say, well, you know, God wanted me to fall in this pit. No, I probably not. Yeah, God's good, not bad, devil bad, God's good, amen. So, you know, these traps a lot of times people fall in or get hung up in or get snagged by, it, the whole time God was probably trying to communicate. Don't do it. Don't go there. Don't say it. Yeah. Right? right? Amen. So anyway, the point being, we're dealing with stress and, and you know, a stress-free living. And I just believe with all my heart that if the more we're led by God, hear His voice, follow His voice, amen, and discern His voice, amen, and the voice of a stranger we won't follow, come on, the less stress we're going to have in our lives. Did you get some tonight? Yeah. Give the Lord a praise. Come on. Yeah. Amen. Why don't you all stand up and let me pray over you. Praise the Lord. Remember, next week we're uh, actually doing a work night. Is that right? Next week, right here. Be here. Be here or be square or be there or be square or something. Anyway, praise the Lord. So uh, we do get a lot done on those nights. We appreciate that. And it's, it helps us because, um, especially for the crew that usually is here the week prior to VBS, it is wonderful the more stuff you have done that you can just put up quick and not have to be here till midnight for... Several days in a row. Come on, somebody. I mean, we do, we do quite a bit in our VBS. And uh, it seems like every year it gets more extensive. But kids get saved. Yeah, what do we have? How many kids got saved last year? About 70-something, what? 70, 70-some kids got, gave their heart to Jesus. So, yeah. Yeah, right. It is. Yeah, amen to that. Amen to that. Yeah, it's, it's, uh, it's, it's all worth it, praise God. It's visual. It speaks to him. Come on, somebody. 
And so it takes a lot, it takes a lot of energy and a lot of uh, effort to do these things. And, and so we always appreciate when people can come out and help us do these things. And the more we can get done kind of prior to this, uh, the, the better it is for the whole team when they're, they're trying to get it all set up, praise God. So and next. They come in, during the night. Yeah, they come during the day even. Yeah, my brother John always comes and Phil's here during the day and Matthew and these guys, they come in during the day and they, they hey, what can we do? And they roll up their sleeves and get after it, praise God, amen. So I appreciate that. So it isn't just you're just stuck to come at night. You could come during the day and sure, just come the whole day. Praise God. Anyway, that's next week. So, Father, we give you praise, glory, and honor. Thank you once again for this uh, word and uh, the principles we learned here tonight. Thank you, Lord God, that you're daily wanting to communicate with us. I thank you we have an ear to hear it and a heart to receive it. And I thank you, Lord God, we hear your voice. We follow your voice and we discern that voice. Praise God. And, Father, we give you all the praise for it. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Have a blessed evening. Thank you for joining us for this message. We'd like to take this opportunity to encourage those listening from anywhere in Central Oregon to join us Sunday mornings at 10 a.m. and Wednesday evenings at 7 p.m. for our regular services. We understand that many do not have a home church, and we can't emphasize enough the importance of connecting with a church family. We'd be honored to meet you and spend time with you praising God.